Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Phil at the Movies. I'm your host, Phil Walsh, and you're listening to episode number 50 of this ongoing podcast series that is for the love of movies. Wow, episode number 50, a minor milestone, halfway to 100 episodes. And at this moment, I just want to say thank you. I know I do this uh, on every show, but, but today especially, thank you to you, the listeners, for tuning in each week and hearing what I have to say about movies. I know I've said it before, and I'll continue to say it. This is a passion project for me, but your response to this show, your encouragement, frankly, the friendships that have been been made because of it has just been all the more worthwhile and, and frankly makes it that much more enjoyable to do this every week. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in each week and, and being a part of this fun movie filled community. Uh, I think we all have a, uh, a shared interest in our love for films and cinema and the movie going experience. And it's just been a, just been a lot of fun. Uh, I'm going to keep doing this as long as my voice will let me. And I do hope that you will, uh, continue and, and stay along, uh, for the, uh, this, uh, this journey, however long, uh, it, it, it may last, but just know that you are appreciated. And I think you guys truly are the best. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you. All right. A lot of, a lot of thank yous at the start of today's show. And let me begin now by thanking returning guest to this show, Chris Evans from Gathering of the Geeks, who is here with me today to talk all things Scream 6. Both of us are big fans of this horror movie franchise, and I'm delighted and excited to welcome him back to the show to talk about movies that we both love and enjoy. Chris, welcome back to Phil at the Movies. Hey, thanks for having me back. Pleasure, absolutely. Uh, I know you are next to Halloween. You're you're a pretty big uh, Scream fan, so this is a uh, this is appropriate, I think. And uh, as I uh, as I have promised the viewers or uh, listeners, uh, this will be uh, less of me talking and more of, uh, of, of the guests. You know, because Lord knows everybody has their fill uh, from time to time. So I will try to keep my uh, my comments brief and 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 make this more. Uh, a guest oriented episode but uh, again as everyone knows no uh, no promises can be made for certain <laughs> but um in any event uh scream 6 it is out there it is making a killing at the box office and certainly is uh generating a lot of interest thus the uh, the reason for today's episode so chris we're going to put scream 6 on the chopping block and just sort of dive right uh into it so to speak but uh why don't you start us off? Give us your overall thoughts on the now sixth installment of this scary movie franchise. Amazing that we're at the sixth in this franchise. I know it's crazy, right? Yeah, it's like yesterday we got five, but um, for this <laughs> one, I I like this one a lot. I don't really know where I rank it because I'm, I have a hard time ranking things because I just tend to like a like a lot of things, I guess, but. <laughs> It's just hard for me to rank it, but it's it's really good. It does a lot of stuff really well, and what I like the most about it is it does different stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it's a jolt of electricity to the franchise. You know, we're we're in different territory. We're in New York City. The kills are more vicious. The killer is more vicious. Yep. It, it's a different ball game in this one. It also introduces some elements that I know we're going to get to 
toward the end that I really, really want to see more of. Mm -hmm. So overall, this is one of the better Scream films, period. If I had to rank it, just as an overall quick thing, I'd probably say it's second or third. Okay, that's fair. I mean, we're we're pretty much right in the same ballpark. I mean, full disclosure, everybody, as you know, I like to give my honest takes. And this is already my favorite sequel uh, in the franchise. I was I was blown away by it. And I went into it kind of and not with tepid expectations, but five was sort of a mixed bag for me. I liked some of it, but at the same time, I thought they played a little too safe in parts and. I mean, I'm I'm still not over Dewey dying. That was uh, that, that that one still hurts over a year later. It does. It really does. Dewey's great, uh, you know, fan favorite as they call him in the movie. But um, no, I I like the tone of this movie. I like the setting. You know, you think of Scream Two, even Scream Three. These movies seem to get bigger and 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 better once the scenery is out of Woodsboro. And I I hope that's something that continues for the inevitable seventh installment uh that to me was kind of a, a a nice jolt of energy into the franchise and then i mean just everything that the cast was great the core four i mean you know this was this was what i wanted from the last film and it seems like they just cranked it up mm -hmm. uh times 10 i mean i you know sam is easily my favorite uh, character in in the entire franchise and i know that's oh, really? probably cause for you know those are probably fighting words in some in some they, part. they may be <laughs> no seriously but i i just i love the whole twist on the final girl and she's got the connection with billy which is sort of unique and you know they kind of go back and forth on it and you know is she you know leaning into her father or is she charting her own course and you know i i just think it's it's kind of refreshing to have a a, a, a more complex final girl than what we're used to i mean what are you, what are your thoughts on that chris not, not to think, put you on the spot oh no no you're absolutely i think you're on something there because most final girls we get aren't really conflicted or i hate to say not complex but it's mostly okay i gotta save myself or whoever and that's really where it ends yeah where i think with sam we have another layer because of the billy connection mm-hmm and and we see it throughout the, the the fifth one, and we see it here too. There's something else going on with her, mm -hmm. and I like that. We don't get that from Sydney. You don't get that from like Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street. No. They're they're much more straightforward than Sam is, and I think that's why she stands out. Plus, it's, I mean, Melissa Barrera is amazing. Oh, she's fantastic. I mean, you know, not to get off on a tangent, but I mean, I do not understand to this day why she received the kind of criticism and, 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 you know, dare I use the word hate uh, that was sort of directed at her a year ago. I mean, it seems like she's proven all of her doubters wrong with this film, but I mean, I thought she was great in, in scream five. And, you know, I, I think you know people that may have complained might've just missed the point or something or, or weren't expecting a different kind of final girl. I didn't know people had a problem with it. Oh, yeah. Apparently, like a lot of folks were were down on her character. That's why that whole scene in this movie where she's at the kitchen table talking about like, you know, why, you know, why does everybody hate me or, or something mm -hmm. to that effect? I mean, that was like real, you know, kind of like 
truth behind that. Like it was sort of like an interesting little, you know, meta reference that the writers and whatnot were putting into it. And I mean, she just, you know, acts her ass off. It's, it's fantastic. But um, yeah, it was sort of like kind of answering or calling out like some of the, the, the critics or criticisms that were, that were there a year ago, which, I mean, again, I'm not really sure what it was about. I mean, you know, acting or, or just the character, but I mean, That's I never had a problem. I, again, I thought she was great last year. I thought she was even better this year. Yeah, and I, I don't really think it, if you're going to pick on the acting in these movies, I don't think she's the one to pick on. No. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest here. No, I, there's other there's other candidates that might. Yeah, yeah, we've we've seen these movies. We, you know, come on now. Yeah, I don't. To each their own, of course. But I wouldn't pick on her if it was me. Yeah, no, that that was confusing. But uh, you know, like I said, I think she's she's proven them wrong uh and and shown them you know especially with this film but uh no i mean i i i loved it i mean just the kills were were gorier they were mm-hmm. they were more you know sophisticated <laughs> like it, it really felt to me like Ghostface was a menace in this film i mean you know, yeah you know pardon pardon your pardon my french guys but i mean he was a big fucking deal in, in in this movie like you know not that he wasn't menacing in the other movies but you kind of saw it a little bit in five but with this one it, it's like cranked up to this you know he like i don't want to say michael myers because you know you're two separate characters but he was terrifying that the, the ghost faces were terrifying in this movie I would compare him to Michael Myers, though. I would, I would compare the killer to Michael Myers, this one. And I think I made that comparison when you and I talked about this the nights we saw it. Or I think after you saw it. Oh, yeah, I think uh, you did. Yeah, you did. it reminded me, the way this killer works reminded me of um, Halloween kills. Yeah, there there definitely is some kills. When he's like on a rampage. Because yeah. I, I feel like in the other screen films, Ghostface is more surgical. Mm-hmm. They're usually after a single person. If they don't get the person, they disappear. This one is not like that. If you are in the way of the one he wants to kill, you're you're getting murdered. Yeah. Probably viciously. Yeah. Like he uses a shotgun in this. And no, seriously, like that's what made him so again, that rejuvenation, refreshing part of uh, that I think has been kind of missing for the last number of films. Like, you know, not that there weren't the usual ghost face tropes, but like in other movies, it seems like, you know you put like a pencil on the ground and Ghostface is going to fall down or something or take mm-hmm. a Pratt fall. And like th- that was, if it was there in this movie, it was very, you know, minimal. And, and you know, Ghostface felt like an unstoppable beast throughout the whole movie. I mean, that whole scene in the convenience store was, I mean, that was frightening. I mean, I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. I mean, you know, to say nothing of Ghostface walking around with a shotgun. <laughs> I think that might be my favorite sequence of the movie, the guest, the the convenience store thing. I was going to say, and, and the finale, like the last few minutes of it. Oh yeah, the finale is is really brilliant in this film. It's I mean, something. <laughs> yeah, what did you think about the three ghost face? Because this was the first one where we've had more than two, mm-hmm. and a lot of folks have made comparisons to to scream two with sort of the motivations of the characters and 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 the the reveals what did you think of first of the fact that we have three ghost face but how about the motivations and the and and the characters themselves 
So when it comes to this movie, when we're going to talk about like a nitpick or something I don't like, this is where it comes in. I like the idea of the three killers. I thought that was cool because it makes more sense. Bigger city, bigger stakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get someone else to help you. Cool. Right. But then when it's revealed why they're the killers and who they are, like, this is incredibly convenient. <laughs> and I hear Vin Diesel's voice in my head. It's all about family. <laughs> and it seems like that's been the running thing through all the movies now. And we're doing something here. It's like, okay, this is not going to be a f- about family because it's something different. But yeah. here we are. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's fair. I mean, when I first saw it and kind of that immediate reaction, I was a little confused. Not maybe not confused is the right word, but sort of taken aback. Like, oh, oh okay, we're going, we're going that route again. Mm-hmm. We're going, you know, kind of, you know, Mrs. Loomis take two uh with 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 the family members of of Richie but i have to say after thinking about it and then seeing it again it 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 strangely works and and maybe because there's that suspension of disbelief like a lot of these movies you have to sort of check your your yeah. your, your notions at the door and and just you know buckle in for the ride and i think that's what i i did that the second time around, I mean, I, like I, you know, going into the first, you know, the first time around, I really thought Kirby was going to be the, the twist. And, and I was kind of shocked when she wasn't, you know, wasn't, you know, one of the ghost faces. I kind of was too. Uh, I, I mean, again, the good job with a red herring, but I, I really thought they were layering it for her to be one of the killers. And mm-hmm. I mean, I was glad that she wasn't because I like her character, but um, it was it was definitely kind of a uh a, a head uh, a, a twist if you will that uh, she wasn't one of the uh one of the three yeah i like the way that we were led to believe she was one of three until like right up until that reveal yeah no. that was cool too i like the way that was done and i wouldn't have minded if she was the killer because i thought that would have been an interesting uh way to bring her back in like she survived it lost her mind about it and now you know right um did did you like the actors though playing the killers? Um, they were fine. Like, I I did a ranking, I think it was actually today, and they're all pretty near the bottom. I mean, like, you know, I hate to like say like you know you know, not nothing against the actors you know personally, but it, there was nothing overly memorable. Like, I think the brother's name Ethan, like. I forgot he was. Yeah, I mean, he was just sort of like, I mean, a few good like, you know, one-liners in in his fight with uh, with Jenna Ortega's character was like that. That was kind of that was kind of a cool fitting end for him. But um, yeah, I mean, it was there was nothing particularly memorable. I mean, I thought the killers were were more memorable in the last one mm-hmm. than in this one, though. I did think that the uh, that in many ways, this was a movie that almost played the reversal where instead of it kind of putting the spotlight on the killers at the end, it was really shining a spotlight on, on Sam and Tara's character. Mm-hmm. And I kind of liked how it was, it was more of them fighting back and, and, and really, you know, turning the table, so to speak. Like, I mean, just that final scene with Sam and, um, 
uh, you know, uh, Detective Bailey. And there's that, you know, okay, is she going to, you know, plunge the knife into him or is she going to leave him <laughs> to the authorities? And first you thought, okay, maybe not. And then of course she's like, no, and just does it. And like that, I thought that was a, that was a perfect kind of, you know, scream moment, if you will, that you know, just sort of, again, illustrates why I think she's a great character. <laughs> I think that was like the exclamation point on her character. Yeah. For yeah. many reasons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she is Billy's daughter after yeah, all. Yeah, I, I really like the way that it was handled. Which, I mean, that that brings up a kind of a point. I mean, one criticism, and if I can, I mean, again, I think it's more just people's preference or, or taste, but I have seen in some of the discourse that a lot of folks haven't been a fan of the the gore in this movie and that it's... Mm-hmm. You know, a little too over the top, or it's not scream, if you will. And I mean, for me, I thought it was fine. And I thought, kind of going to what we said earlier, it was a a nice kind of rejuvenation and and you know, shot of energy into the franchise. But um, what what are your thoughts on that? Was it a little too bloody in any places, or, or did I putting aside blood? Did it feel scream? I guess is how I would say it. Absolutely, it did. Yeah, I mean, in Scream One, uh, we're going to take a trip back here. <laughs> Drew Barrymore's character is hanging from a tree, exactly, with her insides falling out of her body. <laughs> so I'm not really sure. Yeah, some kills are more sophisticated than others, but that's how we started the franchise. Yeah, exactly. It's not enough. She was stabbed at that. She's hanging from a tree. <laughs> so she was sliced and diced literally yeah and there have been other gory kills in the franchise i mean look at the ending of five the way they dispatch amber oh god yeah insane (laughs) i didn't hear anybody complain about that no i mean she was like roasted running at them and they shot her again (laughs) i think you got her right if if i'm if i remember don't they shoot richie in the head and we see it yeah, after he was like stabbed fifty times or something. Yeah, so no, this is totally scream in my opinion. Yeah, like I said, I, I, I think that's when you know sometimes folks are just looking for a, a nitpick or or something to criticize. I didn't have an issue with it. I'm with you. I thought it was right in the the tenor of the franchise. Uh, you know, and if there was anything like you said more sophisticated, I, I just sort of chalk it up to this is the sixth installment of this franchise i mean they say in the movie this is not like any other ghost face Mm -hmm. like you gotta change up the formula a little bit especially if you want it to to continue and it certainly looks like that is going to happen with the money that this film is is uh raking in i hope so but i also understand i mean there are groups of fans who are much closer to this than maybe you or i are oh that's that's and and they just they want it the way they want it and that's fine too but I don't, I don't think it's going that direction. No. I think this one firmly, and the money it's making is really showing that. Well, that's the thing. I mean, if if the last one was a a love letter to the original four and mm-hmm. and to Wes Craven, uh, and understandably so, given his contributions to the franchise, this one I felt like the guard were, uh, guardrails were off, and radio silence could just do what maybe they wanted to in the last film. And I, I think if anything, that's probably what the Dewey uh, moment from last time was as hard as that is for me to still 
<laughs> still to 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 swallow. I mean, I I I think that was probably a an indicator that you know these these guys are are willing to take risk and uh, mm-hmm. and, and swing for the fences. Which I mean, again, you know, while I was I was upset about Dewey after this movie, I mean, j- just keep going, guys, keep, mm-hmm. keep 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 going because you're you're on a roll as far as I'm concerned. But um, we mentioned earlier, sort of favorite moments were there any other parts of the film that jumped out to you what did you think about the uh the opening i yeah i like parts of it <laughs> so samara weaving i think is a fantastic horror actress i say horror actress i think i've only seen her in horror or horror yeah. type stuff yeah but i really like her i think she's great and I thought she was completely wasted in this opening. Same. And not only is she wasted, she has probably the worst logic of any character in this, worse than Rose McGowan climbing through the dog door in the garage. <laughs> I would say it's bad. Like, literally, you can see in an alley on the other side of the street, and she's acting like there's something that's supposed to be there. It's yeah. weird. But after that, after the that point, the murder, I think it's very interesting. We're watching, we see the mask reveal, and it's, it's a different person. Like, oh, this is different. Yeah. And I didn't know what to expect at that point. Because, like, why are we doing this? <laughs> yeah. And, and then when you see that guy go back to his apartment, and your anxiety builds with him, because mm-hmm. I think you feel his, like, I felt his frustration. Like, okay, what is going on here? Yeah, it it was... You know, I'll probably be criticized for saying this, but like it felt like classic Hitchcock in a way where there was just genuine suspense and mm-hmm. and building to a dramatic moment because you know something's there, but you have no idea what or how it's going to happen. Or where exactly? <laughs> where I mean, it's going to come from? Yeah, like I, I'm with you. I was disappointed by her uh, Samara Weaving's appearance in the movie. I, I really thought she'd have a more dramatic uh, part to play. I, I had a feeling she would be the opening hill just based on what I had seen in the trailers or, or not seen in the trailers. Um, but I, I was kind of hoping, Oh, you know, maybe she'll get more of a, a grand, uh, uh, you know, entrance and exit yeah. in, the, in the franchise. Weaving. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But I mean, maybe that was their, you know, subverting expectations or something, but you did that. Yeah. <laughs> Once, once though that does settle, that like you said, we kind of were following. Uh, uh, I think his name is Jason in the movie. Him on his little journey back, like and I was like, okay, you know, we've 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 picked up the ball again, and, and we're going with it. And and there was that cool moment where he sees um, Tara on the street. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I really, I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, no, I, were, I, yeah, I thought that was neat. No, I mean, you know, minus the whole. Uh, Samara a bit. I mean, I, the rest of it I thought was a perfect, uh, perfect opening. And again, subverting the expectations. Which, I mean, at this point, I, I, I didn't necessarily think you could keep twisting things around as well as they did. But they, uh, they, uh, they hats off to them because it was a, uh, it was a mind bender to <laughs> to say the least. But another moment that I really enjoyed. I mean. I mean, literally, I could go on for like three hours of like what I enjoyed about this film because it was just, it was so different and, and exciting and 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 big. But I mean, 
that whole shrine scene. I mean, again, oh, yeah. throw throw the logic out the window of how all that stuff ended up. I don't even there. care about the logic. No, like, I didn't even, I didn't even so think cool. about it. <laughs> like the fax machine from Scream Three. Like I the mean, TV. it was just yeah, the t- exactly. Like I didn't even consider the logic. Yeah. I didn't get. I didn't didn't hit me. No, I mean that was just so so cool, you know, because it 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 really did feel like the whole franchise was connected at that particular point. I mean, not that there hasn't been connection or references in the other films, but it really did feel like a nice, I don't know, celebration, if you will, just with seeing all those different mementos. It, it made it real to me mm. because yeah, you're right. They, they do sort of reference the other movies or the other happenings, especially, I mean, stab exists, which yeah. chronicles these movies in the movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a movie within a movie. But I think seeing the shrine of the actual ghost because these weren't stab this wasn't stab memorabilia. Like this in the, the trailer when I right in the trailer this I forgot I think it's on it still because I didn't watch the trailers. Um when I saw the, the image I was like, oh, that must be stab memorabilia. Yeah. But to, in the movie when I was like, no, this is scream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was so cool. Yeah. And, and all the little details, even the clothing that some of them were like Kirby's uh, was it her shirt. Yeah, it was her shirt. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's a neat little detail. If you follow the series, it was full of Easter eggs for a fan. No, I like that's one thing I'm I'm looking forward to once it, it, it comes out. I mean, again, as everyone knows who listens to the show, I'm a big proponent of buy physical media, and this will be another case where this will be added to the physical collection. <laughs> but um, no, like I can't wait to like freeze frame the the scene and just like pull out because I know I've missed like half of the the Easter eggs just from you know because like your mind is just sort of like racing in a thousand directions uh, when when you're watching it. But no, that scene was great. Another moment that I enjoyed. And I'm curious about your thoughts. Is the um, scene in the alleyway with the ladder uh, when they're going from apartment to apartment? Like, I want to see more of that. More big set pieces. More suspense. More tension. Like, give me more of that in a scream movie. I agree. And so, what made there's two things that stand out to me about it. One is that it it was such. A- a simple concept mm-hmm. it wasn't like this giant set piece where you know there's an explosion going on they have to escape <laughs> no they're just trying to get across right and he's busting down the door <laughs> so i love the simplicity of it and i like the kill that we get from it like whoa I, I, the carnage is gorgeous <laughs> it was that was carnage candy if i can use that you know i like that i think that, that, that's a good thing carnage candy Give yeah, me some more. <laughs> more of that. No, again, and it differentiates from the previous films. And I think I heard it on an interview with um with the directors, or or maybe it was on another podcast. So you know, my my memory isn't with me tonight. So forgive me for that. But someone made a reference of if Wes Craven had directed a scene like that, yeah, you would have seen the blood and the gore. But I don't think you would have seen the uh, the carnage candy, if you will. It would have been so. the fall, and then the you know the aftermath a few minutes later. Like I'd imagine I, it'd be like a one liner, yeah, it. a joke or something. Like no, like radio silence again. I think 
you know, honoring what came before, but also saying, okay, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're in charge for right now and we're going to, we're going to do things our way, which I mean, again, if you've seen any of their films, you know, that that's right in their wheelhouse. It's a good blend of, mm. like you said, the old and the new. And not that Wes Craven's way would have been bad, of course. I mean, we oh, don't no. even know what it actually would have looked like, but exactly, I like this way. And it also kind of reminds me of um, a scene from Halloween H2O, which I, I will probably get uh, criticized for this one, but it's one of my favorite Halloween movies. Um, the scene with the dumbwaiter. Oh, my God. Th- that, it kind of reminds me of that. Yeah, that's... <laughs> That's another one of those carnage candy scenes. I like, yeah, I think I just like carnage candy. <laughs> no, serious. Yeah, I mean, I. it's funny because after you had said the Halloween kills mention, like, that was all I, I could think about when I was watching this movie oh, yeah. in, in the best possible way. Like, it was just, like, this in many ways felt like their version of, of Halloween kills. I think they took some cues from Michael. Yeah. Which is a good thing. Oh, always emulate Michael. Too- yeah, these two franchises, I think, are similar enough to where they can feed off each other. Exactly. I mean, I think Kevin Williamson even said at one point it was the original was a love letter to to Halloween. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's it, it's right there in the DNA, which, again, you and I you know, both share a love for Halloween. So that's it's it's right right in our our wheelhouse, too. Yeah. The latter thing is just another piece. That it's, a, it's a cool scene. R- really, at the, at the base of it, it's just a, a visually interesting scene exactly. and something you don't really consider when you think about movies in new york because i don't think i've seen something like that done in a movie in new york or no, set in new york no well, well that was the other thing about the whole setting of the movie i mean we knew we were going to get some references obviously <laughs> to uh you know jason takes manhattan and and just new york itself and i think even at one point the movie is playing in the background mm-hmm. at one of the parties. So I love which, that. <laughs> again, just subtle references. I like that's appreciative. Um, but uh, like, I was glad that we didn't get like, okay, they, they're going to the Eiffel, uh, the Eiffel Tower. They're going to the Statue of Liberty <laughs> um, or the Empire State Building, like, or or even Times Square. Like, it it felt grounded, like. They're living in New York. They're in you know some you know borough of the city, and it, and it it felt, I guess, more realistic than just like, oh, we're going to go up to Times Square tonight. Which I mean, you know, you talk to people who live in New York, you know, year round or something like, maybe they go up to Times Square like once a year, like at best, like it's sort of yeah, like for something specific. Yeah. Like you're not going to just say, Oh, we're going to come up there for the night. And I, I don't know. I, I appreciated that because it just sort of, again, made the movie feel more grounded and yet bigger at the same time, because you had this different setting. I agree with that too. Uh, but I will say also, I was kind of wanting to see more of the city. Mm, that's fair. I thought it like Times Square specifically, I thought would have been really cool with the Halloween setting if you had a bunch of ghost face costumes. Yeah. But I under, I also get why they just like you said, you don't hear locals saying, Man, it's time to go to Times Square tonight. Look at right. the tourists. Right. It, it doesn't happen very often. No, no. And Statue uh, of Liberty, like I could see them using it in the marketing or something, but yeah. that just wouldn't that would make no sense. No, it would be it would it would take it away. Yeah, it's clear who the killer is going to be if you guys are on a boat 
exactly. And then, oh, we're, one of us is dead. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, so I, I was glad they didn't go. They didn't go that route. Or, um, though I, I, I wouldn't have uh, minded if they had made a, a reference to like a boat or something with, uh, you know, from the from Jason, or even if they had just been on a boat for like, you know, two seconds or something. I want to see Ghostface kick a trash can. Yes, that, that's really what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> but I was happy enough to see it on on a, the TV in one of the, I think it was in the kid's apartment. Yeah, the, the killer. I think it was in his apartment. Yeah, that was a nice little, a nice little little touch. But... They knew what they were doing. <laughs> I, I, I think so. I think <laughs> so. Um, would you want to see the 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 next one take place in New York again, or do you think broaden the canvas even more? Well, no. If we're going to keep Sam and Terror, which I believe they are, and I don't see why they wouldn't, mm-hmm. keep it in New York. I think Scream is now New York. Leave Woodsboro behind. Leave the West Coast behind. This is a new thing. You know, even I think Sydney is living on the East Coast. Because we get a, that shot of her in five with her family. And I would imagine or the kid, I, it looked didn't really look like it was a beach type area. Which I'm not saying California is just a huge beach. Right. No, I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what I mean. No, I'm just thinking it's probably a large change of pace for her is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Which, I mean, that does, that sort of brings to the, the big question. I mean, or the big topic. Um, certainly this film was different in a lot of ways because it is the first film not to have Nev Campbell return. Mm-hmm. This is the first film without Sydney. And I I have some very spicy thoughts, but um, <laughs> I I'm I'm curious. What is your take on a Sydney less sequel? And would you want to see her character return again? I mean, putting aside the the, the drama in the background. I mean, I'm you know she should be paid you know what what she is worth, and mm-hmm. and and you know shame on. You know, the studio and and all those uh, business uh, players involved who uh, you know don't you know recognize a you know a valuable uh, component of the story. But um, you know, all that aside, what were your thoughts on 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 this being the first without uh, not to have Sydney? It feels so weird to say this, and it, now that the movie is marinated a little bit more, I'm even more comfortable with saying it, even though it's it's weird. I don't miss her. <laughs> like I was watching this movie and I never once thought, Hey, where's Sydney? Hey, what's Sydney doing? It just, I didn't care because I was so interested in what was going on in front of me. And so invested in Sam and Tara characters that I just, I didn't need Sydney. And that's one of the things this one does well again is they've propped up these two characters so well. They are the franchise now. Right. No, that again. I'm gonna. I will probably get criticized for saying this, but you know, again, I, I tell you, tell you what I feel, guys. Um, I really think, and again, I know I'm in the minority here, but I really think Sydney's story could have, and and frankly, should have ended two movies ago. Mm-hmm. I, I think even taking her out of Scream Four would have been okay for the and again even though i i like scream for it, it is it's, it's one of my favorite sequels but she she had a perfect 
beginning and middle and end to her story. And yeah, again, Scream 4 is sort of, it's the outlier and it was you know an attempt to do things in a different direction. But I thought like Scream 3 gave her her proper closure. And, you know, looking back on 5 and again, who's to know what the plan was for Sydney going into Scream 7 or Scream 6? You know, it's it's speculation at this point. But like to me, like I kind of thought she was almost irrelevant to the story in the last one. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, she's there obviously because of Dewey and the connection, but mm-hmm. you know, it was sort of like almost a tacked on perform like or addition to the story. And it's like, you know, if you're gonna have Sydney in there, like I almost felt like there needed to be more of that ceremonial baton passing from her to Sam, especially given the 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 connection that they that they share, just you know, given you know, Billy is sort of the the glue. And so like, you know, it was like, oh, you know, that was kind of a missed opportunity, I thought. But no, I mean I'm I'm in the same I'm in the same boat as you. Like I, I never once thought about Sydney in this entire movie. I again I think that's a credit to the investment in in Sam and Terror and, and Mindy and, and Chad. Like I think yeah, they really course. did a nice job at building up this core uh, core group. But I mean, like it, that's where sort of I go back and say like Sydney's story has kind of it's had its its place. And I mean, they even say in this movie she deserves a happy ending. Like like how much more you know does she have to go through this kind of a thing? Just you know, story wise, like. You know, some psycho is is after her. Like we've seen that. We we've mm-hmm. seen that. And I mean, I guess like you could bring her back if something was to happen to Gail in a future movie. But like even then, it's just sort of like almost you know retreading familiar territory. And so I mean, I I'm I mean, again. I know I'm in the I'm I'm in the minority, but I I think let Sydney ride off into the sunset. And you know, again, it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier having that kind of rejuvenation and, 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 and fresh energy in the franchise, I think is a good thing instead of just returning the same characters. I mean, again, I would say the same thing about the Halloween movies. Like it's, you know, Laurie has had her end. I mean, again, everyone knows I'm a big Jamie Lee Curtis fan and, and Laurie Strode, but like, I think eventually you do have to close the book and, move the story forward if you want the franchise to endure and and develop and and shoot off into new directions and i think again that kind of was ties back to my criticism if you will of scream five that it was maybe a little too safe in places outside of dewey of course but like this one like they really took the risk and i think it paid off and so i'm like more of this please Oh, I yeah, I completely agree. More of this, but you brought up an interesting thing about Sydney's story being done in three. I would say four was the best point to sever that tie. No, that's fair. I, that's I would say four, and, and you know, I didn't think about it until you said it, but she does feel tacked on in five because there really isn't a reason for her to be there. Yeah, I mean, yes, Dewey, but did she really need to be there? And what does she do when she's there? Well, again, you know, not to go off on a side uh, a side tangent, but like she doesn't get her uh, 
you know, her moment, if you will, you know, vis-a-vis Ghostface mm-hmm. in Scream 5, like she's sort of relegated to the to the background. And I mean, I get it, you know, it's it's a different story, it's a different character, but like I felt like if you're gonna bring her back, you, you've got to have her do something a little bit more const- you know, constructive or subst- exactly yeah. like now, again, even in I, the finale, she just kind of throws the gun at Gail and says, "Hey, this is your turn." You t- exactly, and so like yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's all it's almost becomes a joke, and it's like no, I mean, like if you're gonna bring her back, you got to have it mean something to the story, and I mean that was what like again I kind of just found myself just so immersed in this one because it was so different because mm-hmm. it took again a lot of bold risk, and I know it's not going to work. For everybody, I know there's a lot of folks that uh, you know want Sydney back, and again, I I get that, I, I get I get that, and you know you can put down your virtual um, torches and pitchforks and all of that, you know. But I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm sure of that. I'm sure of that, you know. But no, I mean, I I think they've got a real good balance here with with this with these characters, and specifically Sam. I mean, I I want to see this continue and. I think you and I were talking a couple of weeks back where I think you said it, it said it best. Like we've never had an answer to a question. Can a screen movie work without Sydney? Mm-hmm. We now have that answer. And, and again, it's not going to, you know, maybe be for everybody, but I think, you know, certainly looking at the box office and looking at just sort of people's overall response to the film, I think it has kind of answered itself. I think it's resonating well with people and especially the newer crop of screen fans mm. because we, you know, this is a franchise that's been around since the mid nineties. Yeah. And it is just, it's weird to say, but it's just now getting a refresher. Mm-hmm. So you look at screen five that had to reach a new audience to create a new group of screen fans who then probably went back and watched those first ones, but they ought to, they saw the, they saw five first, most likely. Oh yeah. There's a lot of people who five was their first screen movie. Yep. So to them, Scream is Sam and Tara. Yeah. And so it makes sense to go forward without Sydney. And if if Sydney were to return, that's a big if for me. Like if she wants to, fine. But I want to see her as the killer. You, you that's know, really what I want. It was it was funny how they made sort of reference to that theory that you always see pop up on mm-hmm. in different articles. Um, about how oh city never made sense for the killer but that is an intriguing idea and again i i would be curious to see how it could be executed but in some ways like that would be the ultimate twist in a way like i mean again i know not everybody would be on board with it you know i get that but at the same time like I, I think, you know, you're probably never going to have Sydney be killed off by Ghostface mm. at this point. Like, she survived five films. They're not going to, you know, turn around and say, okay, you know, now Sydney gets it. Like, that would but, just... And, and even if they did, it'd be like, well, what was it about this one that finally did it? Exactly. You know, it it, it raises more questions than it, than it has answers. But, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a fun hypothetical. That's a... I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna chew on that one a little bit longer. That that's that's an interesting idea. Imagine like if they said, okay, this is the final screen movie ever, 
until we're going to do an eventual reboot and then whatever happens happens but the final one it's sydney is the killer i just think that'd be fun and i don't think people would see it coming because you just see it as oh they're bringing her back for the last one makes sense no exactly i mean it's, we're bringing laurie back yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no it's it's the ultimate twist you know it's the ultimate twist i mean and again like you know not to get off on a halloween uh tangent but there was a comic book I think in the early 2000s where Lori ended up becoming uh, essentially the the new Michael Myers. This was, of course, when they were still brother and sister, but that that twist, uh, you know, happened there. So, I mean, like, it's not out of the realm of possibility that the final girl, you know, could could snap or something. The final <laughs> killer, exactly. I mean, and, and since, like, I think a lot of people think Sam is, like, going to snap or something in the oh, next one like you know that would be kind of interesting if, if, if the end of the day she isn't the one that that snaps or something but you know who knows who knows right i'm in either way myself yeah <laughs> no, it, it, food for thought food yeah. for thought no I, I, that, that's actually very interesting that's very interesting um were there any uh any other kind of like like nitpicks you had with this movie anything that just sort of jumped out yeah so i'm really curious because like as i said i'm in like in love with this film so i I, i'm curious to hear the other i have a few they're not they're not like deal breakers for me but i have a few um one of them that really stuck out i think dermot moroni had a different script i don't know what he was on but he's not in screen uh, six I think he is in something else because <laughs> he is just over the top in these situations and some of these sequences. And it's just like, where did you come from? <laughs> and I think of like the scene when his dog, he thought his, well, he, he knew his daughter didn't die, but the, that particular scene is like, this is really weird. <laughs> um, so he, he is a nitpick and I love him and everything else he's been in, which is odd. I think he's great. He's even great in the Insidious movie that he's in, so he knows. Horror. Oh yeah, yeah. But I, I guess Scream was—I don't—I want to say it was a paycheck for him, <laughs> but it was—it was not his uh, his dream project. You could you could see that, I guess. No. Um, the other nitpick I have, and this is the bigger deal for me, because I could I could deal with the overacting. We talked about it earlier. It's it's a it's a Scream movie, yeah. right? It doesn't really matter at the end of the day. What matters to me are the kills, and somehow. You had these characters viciously attacked and they survived. Like Mindy is the one I will give a pass to, even though she gets gutted like a fish to take a line from screen. (laughs) We see her getting gutted. I was like, okay, well, she's on a train. She's not bleeding out. I guess she can get to a hospital. Fine. (laughs) Gail is basically all but beheaded. In that scene, like that was a vicious fight, and she is seconds away from death, but pulls through. And then you have Chad, which this is the worst offender. The two ghost face characters had him by the arms and were just taking turns stabbing the shit out of him. <laughs> He's alive. Like, what the hell happened here? <laughs> you know? No, that is that is fair. Um, I took it as I mean, if you look at Dewey, for example, I mean, again, Scream Five, notwithstanding, 
Dewey took a lot of stabs between one and two. And then even like in four gets a bedpan to the head a couple of times. I mean, there, there, no, that's not, no, not the, not the worst. Um, so there is sort of that history with like characters seemingly coming back from multiple. Even Randy. Like, well, yeah, I think Randy, you know. No, that is true. I almost think it was a case of, and again, this is just my speculation. I, I think they probably became so invested meaning the writers and, and directors with, with these characters that nobody could pull the trigger, so to speak. That, that was sort of my reaction that like, because I, I thought like, I thought Chad was, was a goner. I, oh, yeah, I thought was... the way like Tara's reaction, I said, okay, he's, he isn't going to make it to the final cut. Right. Um, and, and then he was there on the stretcher, like, you know, thumbs up and stuff like, okay. Yeah, they redid it from the, from files. Like, okay. I get yeah. It. And then so, his sister who, was at the hospital comes running. <laughs> I know, I know. It's like, wow, she's doing pretty good for a you know a few stab wounds. But yeah, I mean, I can write, I can write it off because all these characters are are are, are great, and, and you sort of you know instantly love them. But I will concede that it is it is sort of eyebrow raising that none of them that everybody made it out mm -hmm. of, of this particular movie. Um, and again, I don't know if maybe they're, they're saving this all for the inevitable seventh film, but I mean, that's a fair, that's a fair uh, critique that I, it was, I don't, I, I don't know if lack of stakes is, is the right way to put it, but um, probably somebody should have, uh, you know, made it to the exit, so to speak. <laughs> Not to spoil the latest James Bond film, No Time to Die. Mm. Even James Bond died. <laughs> and Gail Weathers lives on. Gail, you can't get <laughs> I, I don't I, get it. I, I, like, I okay, think if you're going to leave the other guys alive, fine. Core four. Yep. Got it. Kill the last legacy character. No, I mean, I, I think it was Cotton Weary that says you have more lives than a cat or something. But, yeah, something. Um, yeah, I have to say, like, I thought she was a goner going mm -hmm. into this film. I figured, okay, we're going to follow this, you know, the Star Wars sequel trilogy, and you oh, know, this yeah. is going to be Luke Skywalker's moment or something like that. But um, you know, I guess too. no. I mean, that that's another one of those moments where, like, it was really intense. I mean, I was right mm -hmm. on the edge of my seat the entire moment, and I mean, I think that again goes back to like a genuine uh, appreciation I had for this film. It was overly suspenseful in the best possible way like again something i was not anticipating because i mean you know you're a fan of these movies i mean i don't you know know about you but i mean i i really don't get like oh my god like you know losing your breath with like you, know, you sort of enjoy them you know the ride of it but mm -hmm. this one it was a few times i was like you know right on the edge of the seat almost <laughs> like just sort of like oh, holy shit you know that's something this one, another thing this one did differently. The other ones, as much as I love them, I don't feel like you get these kind of suspenseful feelings from them. Yeah. Because even like uh, the the subway thing with Mindy. Oh, God, yeah. That was intense. Literally, there was somebody in my row who, because, you know, it keeps going back and forth with the lights mm -hmm. going out and then Ghostface keeps getting closer and closer. And then finally, when Ghostface, I think, appears in front of her, like, I mean, this person legitimately, like, 
rose from their seat mm-hmm. and was like screaming like like it was like funny and like annoying at the same time because it like <laughs> took, took you out of the movie but then it was like you know like you know two thumbs up you know you, you guys did your job you guys won good <laughs> job no it's like i'm re- thinking back i can't remember the last time i had that saw that kind of an experience in a movie like this mm-hmm. i mean you know maybe one of the halloween films um from a couple of years ago but like just that sort of genuine like oh my god like people sort of losing their minds and, yeah, and having that fun. reaction <laughs> no it's great i mean these are i love going to a horror movie at the theater there's just something magical about it for me i mean you know even if the movie isn't that good like it, it's just sort of a fun experience where you kind of enjoy that that collective uh engagement if you will you know i mean again to a degree there's always somebody that tries to ruin it but well yeah i actually do not like seeing horror movies in theaters no <laughs> that's fair. It, yeah you know me i love the theater experience but horror movies are the one i usually draw the line but something like scream i couldn't say no to no, no this one, or this like one. evil dead next month i i have to oh yeah that's that's a must that's another mm-hmm. one that's another one yeah um so what are your thoughts ultimately for the inevitable seventh film? What would you like to see? I mean, we sort of hinted at, you know, maybe Sydney coming back as a killer would be kind of cool. Yeah, that would be um, cool. <laughs> but like, you know, it, you're given, you know, creative control. What what do you do for Scream 7? Oh, that's dangerous. <laughs> I, I know, I know. That's a loaded question. I already said earlier, I like Carl- Carnage Candy. Kill everybody. Um <laughs> You know, I, I think so. We kind of touched on it, but the ending with Sam taking out Detective Bailey. Yeah. I love the way it could be interpreted different ways. The way I interpreted it was that was her her father's influence. She is her father's daughter. Yeah. So in seven, ideally, I would like to see more of that mean streak coming out. Mm. Like father, like daughter. I want to see that. And I want to see it become an issue between her, her and Tara and not necessarily make her the killer. Cause I think that is a little on the nose and nobody wants to see the sisters kill each other. No, no, no. That, that's not, we're not into the Carpenter sisters turning, no. but uh, I just want to see more of that between them. Just kind of a rift, like, Hey, you're kind of losing it. Yeah. And I want to keep the setting of New York. And uh, can we make the killer not a family member? I am with you with everything you have just said, especially with the last point. I mean, I almost have a feeling we're going to get a family member it, it, just based on how they've done Sam the last mother. Scene. I, it seems inevitable given that they've hinted that there's some breakdown in the relationship and they're estranged at this point, but no, I'm with you. I hope there is a new, uh, a new direction and it's not just, the mother did it or they might as well catch Vin Diesel at this point. <laughs> Give him his black tank top, let him drive around like the ghost face mobile and we'll call it a day. If that if they're gonna do another found, just do that. Let's yeah. get it over with. Just make it a the, transformer while we're at it. Rip the band-aid off. That's a you know I mean he would be a formidable killer though. That I mean that's something to think about right there, you know. Minus minus the, the, the minus the one liners. No, no, there'd be none of that. Oh, can you imagine the one, his one-liners with the voice? So that'd be something. No, that well, that's that not is something true. I want, but it'd no, be something. No, no, it, it, it would be an experience. Yeah, that would be an experience. 
but the the baseline of what I want is continue the relationship between the carpenters, lean into the Billy Loomis thing, and don't do family. That's good for me. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's more screen, more carnage candy. Honestly, I mean, I have said it on this the show before, and I will say it again. Horror is having a a real moment right mm-hmm. now, and it seems like, I mean, I suppose everything is uh, goes in cycles, but it, it does seem like it is a it's a constant winner at the box office. I mean, granted these movies don't cost all that much to make. And so the return is, is pretty, is pretty quick, but I I mean, I'm just loving it. I'm loving this era because, you know, you can get on the one hand, something like Pearl, which is Mm -hmm. complex and, and, and over the top and psychological and masterpiece. Oh, absolutely. It's cinema. It's, it's hashtag cinema. Uh, But then in the same uh, the other hand, you can get something like this, you know, which is you know again a franchise and and has this deep history, but yet can find a new way to be interesting and mm-hmm. and and relevant. I agree. With that. I haven't been this excited about horror in such a long time. There was a point where I just stopped watching horror movies because I I just didn't like them. They were just recycled ideas that didn't interest me. I, something has happened for the the better because mm-hmm. it it was like i don't know whenever like you know middle school high school even even into college a little bit it always seemed like every time there was a new horror movie it was always like strange possessed ghost girl or or the another kid, remake yeah. or or something like that the rank 17 and, which i didn't yeah. like the first one no exactly so <laughs> it's just like or you know paranormal activity and like now there's so much diversity and variety and i don't know it, it's just a great time to to be a fan of this genre and i mean you know knock on wood it will continue for for years to come because uh you know i i, I love this stuff and and mm-hmm. it, it's great to see also that general audience uh are, are responding to it in ways that i don't think they've done for a long time which is again i think another plus I think the quality is just, it's been picked up because you have stuff like the, there's something for everybody. There's the Conjuring for the Haunted House fans, which the first one is amazing to me. Oh, yeah. Oh, I agree with you. You have stuff like that. You have Insidious. You have like Halloween for us, Scream. You have the vampire stuff, the the other things going on. There's just so much variety and so much of it is good now. And and even like we have the, the, the ones that make you think more like hereditary or Yep. Midsummer from eight twenty four. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Which you know, if you want to have an interesting back to back movie night, watch those. Oh, I agree. <laughs> That's with... I watched them one after the other. That was oh, a good wow. time. Oh, I bet. I bet. <laughs> that, that was a time, man. So, and like you mentioned, Pearl. We have X. Yep. Even um, Infinity Pool, whether you can handle it or not, that was a cool movie. Hey, oh yeah. That's the thing. Like, there's just so much, and there's a little bit for every. Mm-hmm niche and then some of them overlap nicely which is always which is always cool but yeah it's the variety that i really appreciate today variety is wonderful <laughs> even like going back to classics i mean we got an exorcist movie coming out this year and we got evil dead like we mentioned i know and i see linda blair is returning which is uh, isn't that something <laughs> again i mean i i almost figured that she would return just given that this is I guess it's not a remake, but it's sort of a, I a, thought it was. a soft remake. Uh, 
which I mean, again, we'll see how that goes. Um, you know, that's, I have faith. yeah, I, I think it'll be fine. Uh, David Gordon Green's behind it. So, and, mm-hmm. and Blumhouse, so, you know, gets my seal of approval there. <laughs> but, uh, um, Chris, any, any final thoughts on, on Scream 6 and, uh, what uh what what else is piquing your interest these days? Doesn't have to just be horror, but but movies in general. What do you what are we excited to see? Well, as far as Scream, like Final Thoughts on Scream Six, great sequel. Mm-hmm. Really enjoy it. I cannot wait for it to hit home so I could watch it again more than once. Yeah, <laughs> this is one of those. This is one of the movies that will be in my rotation, just yeah. like Scream Four, Five, and One are. Yep. They, this will be in my rotation so very happy with this um i have a bunch you know like we, we've said there's a lot of good things to say about it it's great yeah. as far as what else is catching my eye uh we got john wick this weekend that's We're right for that Looks but good. i think everybody knows the real meal for me is next month with renfield <laughs> yeah that is yes. basically my focus if i see nothing else for the next two months i have to see renfield <laughs> Renfield looks amazing. Uh, yes. I'm, I, I'm avoiding the final trailer. I mean, it's it seems like everywhere I turn, it's like popping up in my feed. It is now, and and snippets of it are like even on TikTok. I've seen, I've caught myself watching snippets of it. It's so, everywhere. You can't escape it. You know. No, but that that's my main focus. That and uh, after that's Evil Dead. So. Yeah. No, th- there's a lot of good stuff uh, coming up, but. Uh, I will certainly be be covering Renfield next month. So for all you uh all you horror buffs out there, uh you uh you'll be getting more of this content in the uh in the coming weeks ahead because as I've said it, it's one of my favorite genres and anytime I can talk about it, it's always uh always a blast. But uh Chris, before I uh I get you out of here, where can folks find you? You guys can follow me on Twitter at that Chris70. Um, you guys can also follow the podcast. I do my buddy Emma Davis at G of the Geeks, and we have something else. I think you're gonna plug. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> if you uh, if you enjoyed uh, this, guys, as you as you know, I have started with Chris and Anthony Caruso another podcast called DC Unlimited. We drop uh, actually there'll be a new show dropping right around the same time as this episode. So uh, if you haven't had your fill, you may have it over this weekend. <laughs> but um, any event, we're, uh, we're we're doing that twice a month and just talking all things DC. So if you're a big fan of superheroes, comic book genre, uh, that is something to uh, to check out. And I will leave all that information in the show notes. But it is the DC Unlimited pod. Uh, with that, Chris, want to thank you as always for being a part of the show. We'll definitely get you back in the near future to uh, talk about some more movies that we love. Sounds good. Thank you for having me again. Great. And everybody, I'll be back next week and we'll do this all over again for the love of movies. Take care, guys. <laughs>